Absolutely. And it, you know, it's, it's not like we haven't seen this before. I mean, you go back to 2015 with Cardell Jones, and they're clearly running an offense fit for JT Barrett, despite the fact that they named Cardell the starter. You know, it's, it is frustrating. And I think Urban for so long has run this similar offense. And obviously there's been tweaks based on the quarterback and whatnot, but they've run this similar offense. And, you know, there's, there's, as you said, it's a stubbornness to go away from it. Um, You know, you look specifically at the red zone plays and they don't seem to know how to run the ball in short yarded situations without the threat of a running quarterback, which is strange to me because, teams all over the country, the NFL teams, they all are a bit, have the ability to run and pick up short yardage out of shotgun. Um, and, you know, Purdue was able to get up short yardage by going under center with a quarterback who usually takes the snap out of shotgun, which is something that they, they insist that they don't have time to practice. I don't know how Purdue has more time to practice it than Ohio State does, but um, they figured out a way, and it was obviously successful on Saturday. Um, it's 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 very strange to me because obviously Mike Weber and J.K. Dobbins are both a thousand yard backs. Mike Weber's a two thousand yard back um, in their careers, and you know these guys look like they've they've never carried the ball at a collegiate level. The offensive line isn't getting a push, which is a whole other topic that we could go into. Um, you know they're doing fine pass blocking to some extent, but not getting the push they need to to pick up those yards and. You know, even there, there was a play in the red zone, I believe it was down in the first half, um, when J.K. Dobbins got the ball. He was running to the outside and had the blocker set up, probably would have scored a touchdown, cuts it back to the inside where, you know, there are blockers, but there's also more defenders. He slips, which gave the defenders more time, uh, was able to get back up before his knee went down. But, I mean, the play completely was shot because he cuts back in for no apparent reason. And, you know, all of a sudden, instead of getting a touchdown, you, you know, you end up attempting a field goal. It's it's very confusing. Ohio State has been a, a power run team as long as I can remember. And, you know, Urban Meyer didn't change that when he came in. He just started doing it out of the spread. It's been successful from every running back that's touched the ball here. And now, for some reason, these guys can't do it just because Dwayne Haskins isn't a, a run-first quarterback. It's, it's it's not an excuse. There's there's no reason for this. They had all offseason knowing what what Dwayne Haskins was. And, and even when Dwayne Haskins does run it, you know, we saw in the Michigan game last year him pick up, I believe it was the 22-yard run that got them down towards the end zone, um, a play where, you know, he took off, was looked like a good runner, and, you know, was able to take a hit. Now he's so cautious to run, and I'm sure this has to do with the fact that he knows he's got this NFL future waiting out there for him and doesn't want to get hurt. And, and I can understand that to some degree, but, you know, I also think he wants to win a national championship. And, you know, when you have the opportunity to pick up five, ten yards on the ground, that's fine. Even when he slid late in the game, it just looked so awkward and, and like he's being too cautious with it. You know, there's there's a lot of issues in this run game, and you know, it's not one specific person, it's not one specific position group, it's it's a lot of things. And for an Ohio State team to have these issues, especially this point in the season, is is mind-boggling to me. It certainly is. And let's turn the page and look at the defense. Really, the defense for a while they held in there against Purdue. I mean, you know, you know, early in the game, I thought the defense played well. Then the wheels just completely came off. Greg Schiano is like a baseball pitcher who falls in love with the fastball and just throws his 100-mile-an-hour fastball like every pitch. Never throws the changeup, never throws the curveball, the slider, nothing. Just fastball, 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 fastball. All-out blitz, 
all-out blitz, all-out blitz, man coverage. It, it just doesn't mix it up. I think one of the most important things about being a defensive coordinator is the element of surprise. And you can't just be doing the same thing every time and think it's going to work. And I know he mixes it up a little bit. I'm, I'm may, maybe being a little too – speaking in absolutes you know, too much. But I, he doesn't mix it up very much. I mean, just what are you seeing on that? You know, front and just what else are you seeing about this defense? Like, what needs what needs to be fixed with this defense? Well, I think it goes back to to the stubbornness of the staff as a whole, and you know, coming down from the top at with Urban Meyer, they're going to play this this pressed man defense that they were successful with starting in I believe it was 2014, and they just refused to go away from it consistently. They bailed a few times in the game um, from from the press and and whatnot, but. For the most part, that's what they're going to do, and they expect these corners. And, you know, a lot of times it's either a linebacker or a safety that's, that's in the slot to, to play that. And, and these guys aren't able to do that enough. Now, they did, you know, go away from it, like I said, some in this game, but just not enough to, to make a difference. Um, and then the linebackers. You know, we've talked a lot about the linebackers over the last year and a half, but lining them up at the line of scrimmage is just confusing to me because it gives them so less, so much less time to react to what is happening to the play. You know, if, if they're back three, four, five yards, like you normally see linebackers lined up, then they can see the play better, make adjustments quickly and, and react to what's happening. Now they're either backing up or they're blitzing and having to react. And, and, you know, it's just, it's not smart with the guys that they have, Um, you know, this, there are guys that can run that. These guys clearly aren't able to do that, at least at this point in their career. And, you know, guys like Rondell Moore are going to have big days. He's been doing it all season. I think the only team that's kept him in check, coincidentally, is, is Eastern Michigan, which is strange. But, you know, for 170 yards and two touchdowns on, you know, fairly basic plays that, that you should be able to to at least, you know, rally to the ball and get him down after he makes a catch is is an issue. And, I think the biggest thing, though, is that you look at how the defense played, and at halftime, you only allowed 14 points. The offense had only scored three. And if the special teams doesn't call, you know, a field goal block from, you know, short yardage in there and, and doesn't allow that fake field goal that set up the, the second touchdown, you're talking about a 10-3 game. So, yes, we can talk about the defense giving up yards and whatnot, but this defense has done a fairly good job of keeping teams off the board and, you know, right now, um, the offense, well, until this game, the offense had then been able to take care of business. On Saturday, the offense was the problem more so than the defense until things just got out of hand, um, you know, in, later in the second half. But, yeah, for an Ohio State defense, this isn't good enough. Um, but for a team that can score as much as this team has, you know, I thought this defense would be able to, to piece it together and they would be able to, you know, at least get through this game, maybe maybe a couple down the road. But, you know, it just it just wasn't enough. And again, the issues are are plentiful. Um, you know, and I think as you alluded to, it starts at the top with coaching and and being able to recognize what you have, what you are good at, and then adjusting from there to to kind of fix any other issues or at least cover them up as the season goes along. Yeah, you've mentioned the word stubbornness a few times. I think that's a very salient yeah. point when you look at offense, defense. You know, I mean, there's personnel issues as well, but this coaching staff's getting paid a lot of money, and they are. You know, they're being too stubborn, and I think that's a great word to use. And uh, Well, and it's not like what? these kids aren't talented. I mean, just, you know, you look across the board, whether we're talking running backs, whether we're talking offensive line, whether we're talking linebacks. I mean, the the stars that they recruited, and I mean, you know, four- and five-star guys, 
is evident. And, you know, sometimes those guys don't work out. Don't get me wrong. You know, recruiting services and, and even Ohio State's own evaluations aren't always spot on. But there's enough talent on this team that you should not go out and lose by 29 to Purdue. You know, it's it's different when you, you play a Clemson and get blown out. That's a team with equal talent. But for back-to-back years to go out and just get blown out on the road um, by a team that doesn't have the talent that you do is, is an issue, and especially this game. You know, no one saw the Iowa game coming. They're coming off of a huge win. You know, the, at least there were things you could point to and be like, okay, I see where Ohio State struggled there. With this one, you know, we knew all week that this was going to be a game that they were going to be in a dogfight, at least for part of it, that, that Purdue was going to do these things well, and Ohio State was going to have to make adjustments, and they just simply didn't, and, and that's alarming. Does something seem off with Urban to you? You know, I this is something that I think has been talked about all year since he returned. Um, you know, there's obviously the health things and whatnot. Yeah, I think I think it's it's different. I think each year I felt like he's become a little bit less than the the Urban Meyer that was at Florida and then came here the first couple of years. And and obviously he you know signed a contract with his family and you know had to take care of that stuff um, as well. You know wouldn't be as focused on football and, and that's fine. I think you know health his for his health and whatnot that's important. But this isn't the same coach that that came here you know, back in 2012, the first touchdown Ohio State scored, I believe, under Urban Meyer, they went for two. When was the last time this team just went for two when they didn't need it? Um, You know, it was an aggressive, exciting, you know, offense, um, and and they were going to do different things. And, and, you know, it was was stuff that was innovative and whatnot. We haven't seen that in a long time from Ohio State. You know, last year I remember us talking about the fact that they were running crossing patterns with the receivers, and that was something we hadn't seen in a long time. Like, this just, yeah, I think that there's, there's, there's something, something off. You know, I don't know if, if the Zach Smith stuff this off season really shook him. Um, and, you know, it's been hard to, to kind of get back and get focused. But, you know, in these press conferences and whatnot, there just doesn't seem to be a lot of answers on the field. There seems to be more questions. Um, you know, the coaching staff is, is made up of guys that he's been friends with for a long time, but, you know, when you look back, you can now kind of question whether or not these guys were, were the right guys for the job. And, you know, I think you look around the country at, at the top teams and their coaching staff, and they're made up of, you know, a, a fiery, motivated head coach, which, which Urban Meyer once was. And I'm talking about, you know, the Nick Sabans and Dabo Sweeney's and then assistant coaches and coordinators that, you know, are up-and-coming guys or, you know, exciting guys, guys that have really proven themselves. And Ohio State has some of that, but you know, I, I just don't see it across the board right now, and you know, it's it's frustrating. And I think, you know, a lot of what we just talked about with what's going on on the field is, is reflected in the coaching staff. Um, and I know a lot of people after the game were calling for, for various coaches to, you know, be fired over this bye week or whatnot. I don't see Urban Meyer doing that. I think that, you know, while they don't make – while they, I do expect adjustments because they finally lost a game – um, you know, I just can't see him firing a coach midseason. That just, you know, he's too loyal of a guy and, and maybe to a fault as we talked about in the offseason. But I don't know, man. It's 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 weird because you know, this was a team with, with a lot of potential. And, you know, coming into the season, I think a lot of people thought there were special things. And, you know, it just hasn't. It's Each week has seemed to, to you know, build on, on issues from the week before. And 
the adjustments just haven't been there. And maybe the loss is what it takes. It's worked before for Ohio State. Um, but you've got a lot of work to do now to, to get these things fixed and then, you know, get yourself back in that college football playoff conversation. Because, yeah, if, if they can go on and win a Big Ten title, um, that's great. But, you know, they, they need to focus on, you know, fixing these issues because there were bigger goals than that coming into the year. This was not a fun show, but I, I think you, uh, you came strong. I, I really loved your insights on today's show and what are some difficult topics to talk about. But we'll see if, you know, Seems to be like Urban has to have a loss to get his teams motivated. So maybe maybe they'll take off after after this game, but we'll see. Um, great stuff from Patrick Murphy. Really appreciate it, bud. And I appreciate all listeners out there for tuning in the show. Hope everyone has a great day. Let's hear that Buckeye swag, best in band in the land. Five, five, five.